So we're in Judges chapter 20, and God willing, we'll finish Judges tonight. The previous chapter, 19, is, I believe, one of the grimmer passages in Scripture. That's where you have the Levite's concubine that gets abused and killed by the men of Benjamin. And the parallels, as we said last time, between what is going on in Gibeah of Benjamin and what goes on in Sodom are exact. Virtually everything is the same, with the exception that there are no angels there. So the visitor is the Levite with his concubine, as opposed to the three angels that are in Sodom and Gomorrah. But other than that, everything else is identical. In fact, they are identical even to the point of it's the same chapter number. Genesis 19 and Judges 19 both deal with exactly the same subject, which tells us something. The Bible does things like that. thing about the book of Judges, and in fact the entire history of Israel, is Israel's spiritual condition fluctuates wildly. When they're good, they're very good, and when they're bad, they're horrid. Benjamin has descended to the point where they are essentially equivalent to Sodom and Gomorrah, which is such a spiritually low point that God himself wipes out the cities of the plain. And by the way, since the word Sodomite comes from Sodom and people think that it's sexual sin that they're involved in, that's not correct. Sexual sin is simply the mechanics of their problem. It is not the source of their problem. The source of their problem is treating the stranger as someone who can be taken advantage of and used and even murdered. So rather than taking strangers in, as God will tell Israel after the Exodus, these people are abusing and taking advantage of travelers that come through. The fact that the abuse is sexual is secondary to the story. And it's the same thing here with Benjamin. Because you remember with the Levite and his concubine when they show up, a sojourner in town who plays the part of Lot in the Sodom and Gomorrah story, you got an Ephraimite that's living in town and he says, whoa, you do not want to spend the night in the town square which is exactly what Lot said to the three angels. And the point is, both Lot and this Ephraimite, who is sojourning there, know what the character of the town is. And in Lot's case, he winds up losing everything because of that. We don't know what happens to the Ephraimite. Although if he stays in town, it turns out he's probably going to get slaughtered. So the point is, When Israel goes away from God, they become just as evil and wicked as the most evil and wicked societies in the Bible. So they're slammed back and forth between being godly and being totally wicked. And of course, you all know the history that periodically God finally has it right up to here with them and sends in the Babylonians or the Assyrians or the Romans or the Greeks and cleans them out. Now, the details here in the Benjaminite Civil War starts in chapter 20. 
So then all the people of Israel came out. And remember the Levite divided his concubine into 12 pieces and sent them off to the various tribes of Israel. The message being, this horrible stuff is happening and we need to take care of it. Then all the people of Israel came out from Dan to Beersheba, including the land of Gilead. And the congregation assembled as one man to the Lord at Mizpah. So Dan to Beersheba is from the top to the bottom of Israel. And the land of Gilead are the two and a half tribes that are on the eastern side of the Jordan. So what's happened is he has got people from all of Israel show up at Mizpah. So verse 2. And the chiefs of all the people of all the tribes of Israel presented themselves in the assembly of the people of God, 400,000 men on foot that drew the sword. Now the people of Benjamin heard that the people of Israel had gone up to Mizpah. Well, I will suggest that if you've got 400,000 people all of a sudden show up half a mile down the road, that you would get wind of something was going on. And the people of Israel said, tell us, how did this evil happen? And the Levite, the husband of the woman who was murdered, answered and said, I came to Gibeah that belongs to Benjamin, I and my concubine, to spend the night. And the leaders of Gibeah rose against me and surrounded the house against me by night. They meant to kill me, and they violated my concubine, and she is dead. So I took hold of my concubine and cut her in pieces and sent her throughout all the country of the inheritance of Israel, for they have committed abomination and outrage in Israel. I guess so. Behold, you people of Israel, all of you, give your advice and counsel here. So verse 8. And all the people arose as one man, saying, None of us will go to his tent, and none of us will return to his house. But now this is what we shall do to Gibeah. We will go up against it by lot, and we will take ten men of a hundred throughout all the tribes of Israel, and a hundred of a thousand, and a thousand of ten thousand, to bring provisions for the people. So what they're going to do is 10% are going to be warriors, and then a bunch of them are going to be logistical support. For those of you who don't know the old saw, an army travels on its stomach. Well-known phrase in the military. In other words, if you can't feed them, they won't fight. Not for very long anyway. So a thousand to 10,000 to bring provisions for the people that when they came, they may repay Gibeah of Benjamin for all the outrage that they have committed in Israel. So all the men of Israel gathered against the city, united as one man. Now, one of the things that happens in the Torah, specifically Deuteronomy, there are instances where Moses says, if a city of your people does X, Y, or Z, and you find out that it's true, you will go wipe them out. This specifically has to do with idol worship. So if you find that one of your cities has gone after other gods, you'll do a diligent investigation. And if it's true, you'll slaughter everything that breathes in that city and you will forbid that area to be rebuilt again. I don't know that it actually says salt the earth, but you get the idea. One of the things that gets said over and over in the Torah, especially Deuteronomy, is in instances like this, you wipe them out so that you will remove evil from your midst. So the deal here is if you find you've got a cancer in your territory, you cut it out so that you remove the evil from your midst. 
So the idea here is, given what's happened in Benjamin, specifically Gibeah, they are acting in accordance with Torah. Remember when the three are doing lunch with Abraham after his circumcision? And one of the things that God says is, I will go down and look and see if this is true. And then we have the negotiation when Abraham talks him down from, I'm going to wipe the whole place out to if there's 10 righteous men, I'll spare it. But the idea is, I will go investigate, and if it's true, we will cut that out of the land. So we're all the way down to verse 12. And the tribes of Israel sent men through all the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What evil is this that has taken place among you? Now therefore give up the men, the worthless fellows in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and purge evil from the land. What they're doing is they are proposing a surgical cancer removal. They are not proposing to wipe out the entire tribe of Benjamin. So Benjamin is the one that causes that to almost happen. Oh, the other thing I was going to mention. Back in Deuteronomy, one of the things that will cause a city to be wiped out is going into idolatry. The theme here in Judges, over and over again, is God sends a judge to redeem them, and then they follow other gods, and they go back into idolatry and wickedness, and they go into oppression, and finally they cry out to God, and he sends a judge to relieve them again. So, although it doesn't specifically say this about the Gibeonites, you can infer that the reason that they have fallen into the moral state that they have is because they are involved in idol worship. Scripture doesn't specifically say it, but this kind of depravity accompanies idol worship. So you can infer pretty safely that the problem with Gibeah was idol worship, which has led them into the sorry state that they're in in this passage of Scripture. We're about 13 and a half. They've asked to have the Gibeonites delivered up, but the Benjaminites would not listen to the voice of their brothers, the people of Israel. Then the people of Benjamin came together out of the cities to Gibeah to go out to battle against the people of Israel. So this is a case of blood being thicker than water. It isn't entirely clear that the entire tribe of Benjamin has gone into idol worship, but they are certainly behaving in a loyal way to their fellow Benjaminites, which will eventually be to their sorrow. Verse 15, And the people of Benjamin mustered out of their cities on that day 26,000 men who drew the sword, besides the inhabitants of Gibeah, who mustered 700 men. Among all these were 700 chosen men who were left-handed. Everyone could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. And the men of Israel, apart from Benjamin, mustered 400,000 men who drew the sword. All these were men of war. So Benjamin is 26,700, and Israel has got 400,000. And remember, the core that Israel is going to send against Benjamin is not 400,000. It's going to be less than that, probably 40,000. I don't know what their being left-handed has to do with it, but what the heck. And the only other left-handed guy we know of is Ehud, the left-handed judge, who uses his left-handedness to sneak past security with a sword. So 18. 
The people of Israel arose and went out to Bethel and inquired of God, who, who shall go up first for us to fight against the people of Benjamin? The Lord said, Judah shall go up first. Then the people of Israel arose in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. And the men of Israel went out to fight against Benjamin. And the men of Israel drew up a battle line against them at Gibeah. The people of Benjamin came out of Gibeah and destroyed on that day 23,000 men of the Israelites. But the people, the men of Israel, took courage and again formed a battle line in the same place where they had formed it on the first day. And the people of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until the evening, and they inquired of the Lord, Shall we again draw near to fight against our brothers, the people of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Go up against them. Interesting point here. If you'll notice in all the battles in the Bible, when Israel goes to war against a foreign enemy, there is no mention of the number of casualties that Israel incurs. When they go up against the Midianites or when they go against the Philistines or whatever, there's not a mention of how many Israelites fall in battle. There's always a mention of how many of whoever they're fighting fall in battle. This many thousand men died and so forth, but there's never a mention of the number of Israelite casualties. It's only in the case where Israel is fighting internally that you get Israelite casualties listed. For example, you remember when Jephthah, the previous judge, went and took out the Ammonites. The Ephraimites came against them and said, oh, you didn't include us. And they had a fight there at the ford across the Jordan. And there is listed then how many Ephraimites died in that action. So just a little interesting factoid. I don't know what you do with it, but Israelite casualties are only listed when it's a civil war. Verse 24. So the people of Israel came near again to the people of Benjamin on the second day. And Benjamin went against them out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed 18,000 men of the people of Israel. All these were men who drew the sword. Then all the people of Israel, the whole army, went up and came to Bethel and wept. They sat before the Lord and fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And the people of Israel inquired of the Lord, for the Ark of the Covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, ministered before it in those days, saying, Shall we go out once more to battle against our brothers, the people of Benjamin, or shall we cease? The Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will give them into your hand. Now, notice, by the way, that there isn't any dialogue from the Benjaminite side here. All of the dialogue is from the Israelite side, and part of that is because the Benjaminites mostly get wiped out. So nobody's around to report their dialogue. The other thing is, as I said earlier, what's going on here in the Israelite mind is they are purging the evil from among themselves. So there's no problem going before God. There's no problem asking for God's help and all that kind of stuff because as they see this, they are doing what the Torah demands. 29. All right, now what they have done before is they formed up in a battle line and they have gone straight at them, head to head. So this next time what they do is they're going to set an ambush. And they're going to have a raiding party off to one side, and the scripture doesn't say precisely where, 
They're then going to have what looks like the main body come in on a frontal assault. The Benjaminites are going to come out against them. And then the raiding party is going to come in behind the Benjaminites and take the city. And by the way, the Benjaminites should expect this because that's what Joshua did. I will tell you, however, if you read military history, what I have just described happens over and over and over again. And over and over and over again, people fall for it. It's just the way things are. So 29 again. So Israel set men in ambush against Gibeah. And the people of Israel went up against the people of Benjamin on the third day and set themselves in array against Gibeah as at other times. So they've got a main body that looks like it's a frontal attack for a third time. And the people of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city as at other times. They begin to strike and kill some of the people on the highways, one of which goes up to Bethel, the other to Gibeah. So they are on a highway between Bethel and Gibeah on your map. And it's a central ridge route. There's the highway we're talking about. That's the route that goes up the ridge in central Israel. And as at other times, they begin to strike and kill some of the people in the highways, some of which goes up to Bethel, the other to Gibeah, and in the open company, about 30 men of Israel. So they take out 30 Israelites. And the people of Benjamin said, they are routed before us as at the first. So what the main body does is they make contact and engage, and then they start retreating. And, of course, the Benjaminites think that they have won again as they have the previous two days, and they start to pursue. Verse 32, And the people of Benjamin said, They are routed before us as at the first. But the people of Israel said, Let us flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. And all the men of Israel rose up out of their place and set themselves in array at Baltimore. The men of Israel, who were in ambush, rushed out of their place from Maragibah. 34. And there came against Gibeah 10,000 chosen men out of all Israel, and the battle was hard. But the Benjaminites did not know that disaster was close upon them. And the Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel, and the people of Israel destroyed 25,100 men of Benjamin that day. All these were men who drew the sword, so the people of Benjamin saw that they were defeated. The men of Israel gave ground to Benjamin because they trusted the men in ambush whom they had set against Gibeah. Then the men in ambush hurried and rushed against Gibeah. The men in ambush moved out and struck all the city with the edge of the sword. And that may have been, by the way, the end of our Ephraimite. Just don't know. 38. Now the appointed signal between the men of Israel and the men on the main ambush was that when they made a great cloud of smoke rise up out of the city, the men of Israel should turn in battle. So once the main body sees Gibeah going up in smoke, they're to quit retreating, turn around, and attack. Now Benjamin had begun to strike and kill about 30 men of Israel. Remember we talked about the 30 men a paragraph ago. So these casualty totals are not necessarily chronological. They said, surely they are defeated before us, as in the first battle. The Benjaminites say that. But when the signal began to rise out of the city in a column of smoke, the Benjaminites looked behind them, and behold, the whole of the city went up in smoke to heaven. Then the men of Israel turned, and the men of Benjamin were dismayed, for they knew that disaster was close upon them. 
And again, if you remember back in verse 36, it said, so the men of Benjamin, the people of Benjamin saw that they were defeated. So what you have is sort of a double statement of the same thing. 42. Therefore, they turned their backs before the men of Israel in the direction of the wilderness, but the battle overtook them. In other words, once they tried to disengage, the Israelites then pursued. And those who came out of the cities were destroying them in their midst. Surrounding the Benjaminites, they pursued them and trod them down from Nohah as far as opposite Gibeah on the east. 18,000 men of Benjamin fell, all of them men of valor. And they turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Ramon, which is on the map. 5,000 men of them were cut down on the highways, and they were pursued hard to Gibeon. Uh, I'm sorry, they were pursued hard to Gidom. And 2,000 men of them were struck down. So all who fell that day of Benjamin were 25,000 men who drew the sword, all of them men of valor. But 600 men turned and fled toward the wilderness to the Rock of Ramon and remained on the Rock of Ramon four months. The Rock of Ramon is north and east of Gibeah. Okay? And if you look, it's just, just below Oprah on the map. Everybody see it? Okay. Got it? Okay. Uh, and they remained there four months. And the men of Israel turned back against the people of Benjamin and struck them with the edge of the sword. The city, men and beasts, and all that they found, and all the towns that they found were set on fire. So basically they've gone back through the territory of Benjamin and purged everything. Chapter 21. Now the men of Israel had sworn at Mizpah, no one of us shall give his daughter in marriage to Benjamin. And the people came to Bethel and sat there till evening before God, and they lifted up their voices and wept bitterly. And they said, O oh Lord, the God of Israel, why has this happened in Israel And today, that today there should be one tribe lacking in Israel? In other words, a complete set is a dozen. What we don't want to do is have one tribe totally missing. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I could make a, a, <laughs> a snarky comment here. There's about to be one missing because you wiped them out. But, um, in fact, as I say, they're doing what they think the Torah required. And so now they're coming back to God and saying, uh, God, are you sure you want Israel to be missing a tribe? Okay. Verse 4, And the next day the people rose early and built there an altar and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the people of Israel said, Which of all the tribes of Israel did not come up in the assembly of the Lord? For they had taken a great oath concerning him who did not come up to the Lord of Mizpah, saying, He shall surely be put to death. In other words, two oaths we got going here. Oath number one is nobody gives his daughter to a Benjaminite. And oath number two is anybody who doesn't show up for this war, we're going to go after him. And again, this has a long and glorious tradition in Israel. Uh, after a battle, there very often be an inter, uh, internecine skirmish uh, taking care of the ones who didn't show up when they were called. 
verse 6. And the people of Israel had compassion for Benjamin, their brother, and said, One tribe is cut off from Israel this day. What shall we do for wives for those who are left? Since we have sworn by the Lord, we will not give them any of our daughters for wives. And they said, What what one is there of the tribes of Israel that did not come up to the Lord at Mizpah? That was not, yeah, two things going on. Good, thank you for reminding me. It'll say that in just a minute. Uh, Two things going on here. Thing one is we're grumpy with them because they didn't come help. And thing two, they are not bound by our oath. In other words, they weren't part of the assembly that made this oath. Yep. Um, so none of us who are here can give his daughter to Benjamin for a wife. But if you weren't here, you weren't part of that oath, so you're fair game. Besides which, you didn't show up like you were supposed to, so you're doubly fair game. Okay? Everybody see what's going on here? Um, and so, um, let's pick it up at eight again. And they said, what one is there of the tribes of Israel that did not come up to the Lord at Mizpah? And behold, no one had come up to the camp from Jebesh Gilead to the assembly. All right, let me switch back maps and I'll show you where Jebesh Gilead is. Go back to the original map. And you'll see that, uh, I hope, uh, actually it's not on this map. It's uh, basically up uh, where the, up north, um, basically um, approximately at the dead, or uh, try again, approximately at the Sea of Galilee, but it's on the eastern side of the Jordan, okay? And Jabesh Gilead shows up a lot of times in Scripture. That's one. Of, that's the place that Saul rescues. Remember when the when he's establishing himself as king. So, anyway, they didn't show up, and I. Sorry, I don't have it on this map, but it's basically you see where Beth Shan is, uh, up there, south of the uh, Sea of Galilee. You go basically across the Jordan into that area right there, and that's the area where Jabesh Gilead is. Okay. I don't. It's it, it's there for a long time in biblical times, though. Uh, I don't know whether the Romans or somebody renamed it. I have no idea. Yes, ma'am. Uh huh. Oh, just south of Judas? Okay, Jerusalem. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so where am I here? So verse 10 maybe? So the congregation sent 12,000 of their bravest men there and commanded them, go and strike the inhabitants of Jebesh Gilead with the edge of the sword. Also the women and the little ones. This is what you shall do. Every male and every woman that has lain with a man you shall devote to destruction. And they found among the inhabitants of Jebesh Gilead 400 young virgins who had not known a man by lying with him. And they brought them to the camp at Shiloh, which is 
in the land of Canaan. So basically, you guys didn't show up for the war. So we're going to go take care of you. However, we are going to save your maidens, and those are going to be given to the Benjaminites as, well, as wives. Um, verse 14. Then the whole congregation sent word to the people of Benjamin, who were at the rock of Ramon, and proclaimed peace to them. And Benjamin returned at that time, and they gave them the women whom they had saved alive of the women of Jibish Gilead. But there were not enough for them. And the people had compassion on Benjamin because the Lord had made a breach in the tribes of Israel. And you remember we had 400 young ladies, and we had 600 survivors of Benjamin, leaving you with a deficit of 200. Okay? 16. Then the elders of the congregation said, What shall we do for wives for those who are left, since the women are destroyed out of Benjamin? And they said, There must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin, that the tribe not be blotted out from Israel. Yet we cannot give them wives from our daughters. For the people of Israel had sworn, Cursed be the one who gives a wife to Benjamin. So they said, Behold, there is the yearly feast of the Lord at Shiloh which is north of Bethel, on the east of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem, and south of Lebona. And they commanded the people of Benjamin, saying, Go, and lie in ambush in the vineyards, and watch. If the daughters of Shiloh come out to dance in the dances that come out, then come out of the vineyards and snatch each man his wife from the daughters of Shiloh, and go to the land of Benjamin. I've got no idea who Shiloh is at this point. Uh, Shiloh it's, at one point becomes the place where the Ark of the Covenant is and the tabernacle is. Uh, at this time, it is at Bethel. Um, so I don't know who lives at Shiloh. Um, it, they could be Ephraimites. I mean, perfectly, you know, it's in the territory of Ephraim, so they could be Ephraimites. Um, verse 40, 22. And when their fathers or their brothers come to complain to us, in other words, you're going to go snatch these babes. Their fathers are going to come to us, the elders of Israel, asking for justice. Okay. So when that happens, uh, and when their fathers or, the, or their brothers come to complain to us, we will say to them, grant them graciously to us. Because we did not take for each man of them his wife in battle. Neither did you give them to them, else you would now be guilty. In other words, if you had given your daughters to the Benjaminites, you would be cursed. But since we set it up that they snatched these babes, you are not cursed because you didn't break your oath. Everybody understand what's going on here? No, just, just checking. Okay. But they are part of Israel who did. Yeah, yeah. No, Jabesh Gilead is the one that didn't take the oath because they weren't there. Right. Shiloh, apparently, are Ephraimites who did take the oath. So what they've done is arranged it so that they can get daughters of Ephraimites without having the Ephraimites break their oath. That's what's going on. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 23. And the people of Benjamin did so and took their wives, according to their number, from the dancers whom they carried off. Then they went and returned to their inheritance and rebuilt the towns and lived in them. And the people of Israel departed from there at that time, every man to his tribe and family, and they went out from there, every man to his inheritance. In those days there was no king in Israel, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> seven frights for seven brothers. <laughs> That's exactly what's going on. Correct. Yeah, yeah. No, the idea here is 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 that these gals who were dancing in what you might regard as a May festival uh, would have been unmarried young ladies. Um, so yes, the idea that they're not. That's, that's the other thing they're not doing. We're not doing adultery. <laughs> Just all sorts of things that they're not doing here. <laughs> What's that? I understand. <laughs> I Well... <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe all the guys were in the army. Um, yeah. So anyway, all right. So there's the book. There's the book of Judges. Um, finished it in under an hour. Um, questions, comments? Strange. <laughs> Didn't write the book. <laughs> huh? No. I don't. Um, all right, so the next thing we need to do is come up with another book to start next week. I've done Zachariah. It may not be on the website. I've done Zachariah, though. Um, in fact, let me see if I can figure out when I did it last. Not that I'm hostile to Zachariah, but I... Uh, should be able to tell you pretty much when I did it. Uh, oh, nope, it's on the server at home. I don't have it on this computer. Um, so. Mm -hmm. So. Anyway, I am open to nominations. You don't have to do it right now, but you can. Um, yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Um, the other one we probably 
I don't. It, uh, let me see if it's on my website. Um. Come on, wakey, wakey. There you go. Yeah, I, I did Esther. I don't remember when the last time I did Esther is, and we're coming up on Purim, so Esther is also a possibility. Um, I, 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 I do it periodically because I really like it, uh, so I, I don't need to do it. What's one that you've never heard, Mike? You, you keep telling me that I've never done it since you've been here. I mean, I, I, I've done everything except like Chronicles. Well, I've done Kings. No, we have. <laughs> um, the other one I think I haven't done in a long time is Ezekiel. Um, I don't have any problem doing Haggai, by the way. Um, I'm, not, I'm not avoiding it. I'm just, as you say, it'll take publicly. Mm -hmm. All right. 